0: The Creek Church is a community of believers located in Fort Worth, Texas. If you would like more information about The Creek Church, please be sure to visit our website at thecreekfw.com. Well, good afternoon. How are we doing? Merry Christmas. Everybody ready? You ready? Shopping is done. Everything is done, right? This is, this is go time, baby. If you are not done, CVS is probably still open. Um, And let me tell you what I learned this week. Um, This time of year, there are not a lot of graduation cards in stock. We got invited to a graduation party last weekend, and Abby and I are trying to find a graduation card. And here's what we did. We bought a retirement card and a Sharpie. And we did some masterful work creating a graduation card from a retirement card. Because it's kind of the same, right? So, guys... If you get to CVS and all they have is like a Mother's Day card, you can work with that, okay? Just get a Sharpie, all right? So I'm excited you're here. I'm Pastor Matt. If this is your first time here, welcome. And uh, if uh, you wouldn't mind, if you'd like to get some more information about us, who we are, why we do what we do, um, fill out one of those Connect cards and drop that in the giving stations on your way out. Um, those are at the back of the worship center by the doors. And I um, want to thank all of you guys that are, that are already starting to go online and things for a year-end offering. That is a huge huge blessing uh, for the ministry and for the church, so thank you for that. Um, I've got a friend in the service that, um, actually, not I have a friend. We have a friend. We have a mutual connection in the service, and I, I, I saw, there you are. Dustin, would you guys stand up for a second? This is Dustin and Kristen Jones. Yes, I'm making you stand up. Welcome, guys. Now, let me tell you why you're clapping for them. Um, every week when you give, we are supporting them as a church plant. They are church plant pastors in Hazlitt, Texas. So if you're in Hazlitt, if I make you mad, I've, there's a great church in Hazlitt that you should go to. So we love you guys. Thank you. You have our heart. They meet in a daycare center just like we did um, before we moved here. And so Christmas Eve services are very difficult to have because the daycare is open until six o'clock and they're, they're like, well, you could have Christmas Eve, but you can't get in until six o'clock to set up. So I didn't think anybody wouldn't want to come to an 8 o'clock Christmas Eve service. Or we could have a midnight mass. I don't know. Um, But we haven't always been able to do Christmas Eve services. And I love getting to do them. Our first one was five years ago tonight. This is our fifth Christmas as a church. And five years ago tonight, we rented a place in Lake Worth. It was a Lake Worth Senior Center. We rolled in there with our trailer. We set up. We had two Christmas Eve services and we tore down and I think and then we went to Chili's for our Christmas dinner got home about midnight and was like all right let's get up in about four hours and do Christmas um but I love Christmas Eve services I love spending time with our church family so thank you and and Dustin we love you man we we've got your back um creak your fingerprints on salvations and life chains that are happening through vantage point Point. and uh man grab him in the lobby say tell me your stories tell me what's going on I want to know what's going on it's all a kingdom connection so thank you guys um Yesterday, I was coming out of the store. I was finishing my shopping yesterday, so I am done. I'm not giving any pictures of anything. You know, you remember how you used to do that? Guys, we did this with our wives. You'd cut out a picture of what you're going to buy your wife, but you don't do it before Christmas because you can get it on sale afterwards, right? Right? I don't have to do that this year. All my shopping is done. And I was finishing up at a store yesterday. I walked out and one of the most familiar Christmas sounds was was going off and, and it just instantly connected. It was a Salvation Army bell. We all know what that is, right? And I love it because they always say Merry Christmas. And they say God bless you when you put money in it. I like putting in money just to hear them say God bless you. I love hearing people say God bless you. Um, I sneeze just to hear people say, God bless me. I don't have allergies. I Thank you, Trent. Man, you're going to get a raise this year. Um, <laughs> he's thinking, thank you, Scrooge. But, but that <laughs> reminded me of, of Christmas sounds. And I love that bell. I love the sound of presents being wrapped. Now, I don't wrap presents. I pay my kids to do it. But I love it because yesterday Heather was upstairs and she's wrapping and I'm like, I know she's wrapping presents, and so I prefer wrapping, not gift bags, because gift bags, you know, you just don't get the, you don't get the satisfaction of a tear, right? I want the satisfaction of the tear, but there's all these sounds of Christmas, these noises that remind me of Christmas and God's goodness, and I've been singing Christmas music for over a month now. Yes, I started before Thanksgiving. You can forgive me if you want to, but uh, I did, but there's a couple words that really stuck out to me that I was listening to this year. One was um, the, do you hear what I hear? But there's also a song that one of the lines says, the silent word is speaking. And what's interesting as I was really just kind of praying and God, what do you want this Christmas season to be about and the Christmas Eve services to be about? God really wanted me to share with you how he broke the silence. That for years, God was silent before the birth of Christ. If you've got your Bible, go to Luke chapter one. But if, if you have a Bible, if you don't have one and you don't own one, we have some at the back for you. That's our gift for you. Merry Christmas on the way out. This year for Christmas though, because it's Christmas Eve, I did put it on the screens for you. But next week when we're teaching, bring, bring your Bible. We want you to have a Bible. But if you go to the end of the Old Testament, which is Malachi, and then in my Bible, there's a blank page between the Old Testament and the New Testament. If you write in your Bible, on that blank page, just write 400 years. Because after the prophecy of Malachi, chapter 4, God went silent in human history for 400 years. That's four centuries. That's 20 generations of family. Now, I've gone through silent times with God in my life. Most recently was was when we felt a call to launch a church. Heather and I were praying, and God really impressed on us to launch a church. And we said, okay, God, we're in. And we expected God to just, like, speak to us and give us this revelation. And I've never heard the audible voice of God, but I was like, God, it would help me so much if you could do that. I like to even quote him back scripture when I pray to him. And one of the lines I pray back is when he says to the disciples, are you that dull? I'm like, God, I'm that dull. Can you just spell it out? Can you just, can you tell me? But he never did. And for months, it felt like God was silent. I'm like, God, you, you, I felt like you asked me to launch a church and I said, I'm in. Are you not going to say anything else? And so I start beginning to making plans about church planning And it was a couple months until I finally just got to a point where I said, God, what do you want to do? What is your next step in this process for my life? That's when the revelation came. So I went through a couple months. We see 400 years. I don't know where you're at in the process. Uh, If you can hear God and, and God speaks to you, he's always speaking through his word. But if you're in that season or that, maybe that spell where you're just like, I don't hear from God, it feels like heaven's silent then I want to I encourage you in this. I, I want to help you with something. Silence from God doesn't mean that he's ignoring us or that he's walked away from us. God still hears us. And God's promise to us is that he will never leave us or forsake us. Jesus said, I'm with you even to the end of the age. And so I want to I read to you from Luke How God broke the silence. After 400 years, it didn't happen the way we thought it would happen. So here we go. Luke chapter 1, verse 5. In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah. And he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth, and they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and the statutes of the Lord. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren, and both were advanced in years. So even in the 400 years of silence, you find Zechariah and Elizabeth who are faithful to God, who are pursuing God, who are serving God, and it says that they're walking blamelessly in all the commandments. Now, while he was serving as priest before God, when his division was on duty, according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And the whole multitude of people were praying outside at the hour of incense. Now, let me me explain to you what's going on. Zechariah is a priest. He's from the tribe of Abijah, and that's listed in 1 Chronicles. Most of you are going to start a a process January 1st. We're like, I'm going to read through the Bible this year. Cover to cover. I've done it. We did a group called the Bible in ninety days, and let me tell you something. If you make it through Leviticus, about Numbers is where you start to drop off. But if you make it to First Chronicles, that's definitely going to be your hurdle, because there's a bunch of names that none of us can pronounce unless you've got an Aramaic degree. Okay, so let me give you a secret. When you when you go through that, and it's like Jehoshaphat, Mamma fam, fam. I'm making that up. That's not biblical. I'm just giving it as an example. Just say J. God knows who you're talking about. God knows who he's talking about. So just say J. Don't get hung up on the name. But in 1 Chronicles, you will go through a lineage of the priests. And Zechariah was of the tribe of, of, um, of these priests, of Abijah. And so he was not a high priest. He wasn't the aristocracy of the priesthood. He was a normal, regular, everyday priest. He was what would be referred to as a day priest. And they would go on rotation for two weeks a year at the temple. And while they're on this rotation, they would draw lots. They would cast lots, basically draw straws to see who's going to go into the Holy of Holies. I don't know if they were like, I want to go or I don't want to go. Because to go into the Holy of Holies, they tied a rope around your ankle with a bell. And if you had sin in your life and couldn't stand in the presence of God, (laughs) you were dead. And the reason for the rope and the bell is if the bell stopped jingling, they knew to yank your body out. So I don't know if he wanted to go in or not. But anyway, he draws the lot to go in. And while he's in there offering incense, there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him and fear fell upon him. He's like, man, am I going to be the one to be drug out of here? Even in the silence, God speaks and God hears. He says, your prayers have been heard and the silence of 400 years is broken with Gabriel the angel showing up to a normal, regular priest. See, in the Old Testament, uh, God's word would come through priests, prophets, and kings. And what what I love about this is that God chooses to speak through the ordinary Um, Zechariah goes through this little bit of doubt I'm sure many of us if if an angel were to come and sometimes when we hear God clearly we kind of question that well Zechariah worries with doubt and he asks Gabriel he's like look I'm old my wife is old you know how this works how's this going to work and the angel says well because of your unbelief because of your doubt you will be silent until he is born so God breaks the silence and says, I've heard you, Zechariah, but because Zechariah doubts God's power, he says, now you get to be silent. Now, can you imagine Zechariah having to wait the rest of the week? He had to come out and go, I, I can't tell you what I went to. I can't tell you what I saw. I mean, how do you mime this, okay? I mean, how, what's the mime for an angel? Charades to say, God spoke, hadn't spoken in 400 years. And then he goes home to Elizabeth. What's the game of charades of going, honey, we got to have a date night. You'll get that on the way home. That's good stuff. So then God breaks the silence again. Six months later, Elizabeth is pregnant. She's six months pregnant. Verse 26, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, the house of David, of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and says, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. Asking the same, kind of a similar question. But then the angel says, here's how. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child will be born and will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son and is in the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary's response Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. See, when, when you start to look at this, God often speaks through the ordinary. I love it. I mean, Zechariah, he's asking Gabriel, so what? I mean, he's trying to discern, am I hearing from God? And he, he questions Gabriel and Gabriel makes a comment to him. He says, I come from the presence of God. God's presence is being poured out on Zechariah to give him this prophecy. So 400 years of silence, God breaks it by sending Gabriel to an old man and a young woman. God often speaks to us in ordinary ways. Zechariah was nothing, he wasn't a prophet, he wasn't a king, he wasn't a high priest. Mary is just a normal teenager. It says that she found favor with God. It's not that Mary created the favor for God to come and speak to her and choose her. It says God has shown you favor. He's ordinary. Remember Elijah? This is kind of that still small voice of God that we want to hear God speak in these big ways. When God spoke to Elijah, he spoke in the whisper. The literal translation of that is that God spoke to Elijah in the silence. I know things get busy and things get hectic, but but are we truly carving out enough time in our life, not an appointment with God, but spending time with God so that we can hear him speak to us because he's always speaking to us. When I realized after I went through my period of silence about planting this church, God was saying, I was always speaking, but you were running in a different direction, It's kind of like I called the play and you ran something else. We see that often in our town with football. I'm not going to go there. I'm not bit. Counseling and next year. Okay? Counseling next year. We're good. We're moving on. God speaks through the ordinary, He also speaks through the unexpected. We didn't expect God to break the silence in the way he did, but he did. I love the way God does this. God finds them in their normal course of life. They they weren't sitting there going, God, I need to hear from you. I need to hear from you. I'm waiting for you, God. I'm not moving from this place until I hear from you. You tell me what to do. You tell me what to do. They were going about their life. Zechariah and Elizabeth were being found faithful in the commandments. Mary was obediently serving God and says that God showed her favor. In the course of our daily life is when we find ourselves in positions to hear from God more regularly. We, we, we don't always expect to hear from him. Here's how it plays out. Maybe you're at the store. Maybe this season you've been at the store and you're shopping and you see somebody and you go, you know what? I feel like I just need to say hi to this person. Or, or many of you who came to help us give out gifts at Northbrook last week. God spoke to you in that unexpected gym. Because you're there just thinking you're providing Christmas presents to kids who aren't going to have a Christmas unless we do something. And you heard God speak through so you just serving. I mean, you're just doing what you're, you're there to do. And all of a sudden, you're feeling God speak to you. Our team that went to Nicaragua this year went down to build a church in a community that has never had a church service before. And their stories coming back. They're like, man, I've, man, God spoke to me in some of the most unexpected ways. It wasn't a pillar of fire. It wasn't a cloud. It wasn't an earthquake. It wasn't a fire. It wasn't a storm. Man, God just gently whispered into the depths of my soul when I was just doing his work. And when God speaks to us, he always fulfills his promises. These promises that Gabriel spoke to Zechariah and to Mary about were thousands of years in the making. See, we we refer to Jesus as the Lamb of God. And in Revelation, we read that he is the Lamb slain before the foundation of the world. That before the earth was even created, Jesus said, I will be the sacrifice for humanity's sin. You see Jesus already being pictured in Genesis 1 when God spoke creation into existence. Because you look at John 1 that said, and the word was God and the word was with God. And then John John 1.14 says, and the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Jesus was there at the creation of the world. In Genesis 3, the fall of man, you see Jesus. Because in that, God had to kill an animal to cover Adam and Eve in their shame. And we see that Jesus is already being pictured as our Savior who would be born, who would live a perfect life, and who would give his life on Calvary and be crucified on the cross. He would be laid in a borrowed tomb and walk victoriously from that tomb on the day we celebrate his Easter. All of these prophecies, thousands of years in the making, and then 400 years of silence, and now Gabriel says, hey, it's time. The plan of God, the salvation plan for the world is now being enacted. And Zechariah, God is gonna use you and Elizabeth to bring that knowledge into the world. Your son John, he's gonna be the proclaimer for those that need to hear that Jesus the Messiah is coming. Hey, Mary, you're gonna give birth to the son of God. What an incredible thing. God always fulfills his promises. And then what's beautiful, the first public prophecy of God, because he spoke to Zechariah and Mary in private, the first public prophecy of God happened at the birth of John the Baptist. Remember, Zechariah can't speak. And there's an argument about his name, and Zechariah then speaks up. And he says his name will be John. And then he says this in Luke 1, starting verse 67. And his father, John's father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from old, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show mercy. Because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. Zechariah then speaks for God in a public way, an ordinary guy. And let me tell you something, God changed how he speaks in that moment. Because Zechariah's son, John, was proclaiming that Messiah is coming. This baby boy that Mary gave birth to is Emmanuel, God with us. And this prophecy, this word that Zacharias spoke publicly, was about Jesus and the plan of salvation, that he was coming to be our Savior. And on the cross, Jesus broke the silence again. You see, when Jesus died. There's something that happened in the temple where Zechariah went into the holy of holy. The veil that separated those was torn from the top to the bottom. See, no longer do we cast lots to see who can go in and be a representative of God. God says, My presence is here. I am here with you. We can be in the presence of God all the time, anytime. And on that cross, Jesus broke the silence and he spoke three words that mean everything for our hope and our eternity when he said, it is finished. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you that, Jesus, you are the word who became flesh and speaks to us. And we thank you that you have given us the Holy Spirit so that your presence resides in us. And Father, I pray for everyone in this room. I pray that they not just feel your presence, but they truly hear from you tonight. And God, maybe, maybe the voice that they need to hear is that they are loved. there is nothing that we can do that disqualifies us from the grace and the forgiveness of God and from that sacrifice that was poured out on the cross. God, maybe tonight, for the first time in their life, there's someone in this room that calls out to you and says, Jesus, I I don't want to walk in the silence and I don't want to walk in the darkness. I want to live in the light. And I start the conversation with you tonight, Jesus, by saying I need you as my Lord, as my Savior. Father, I thank you that you begin a relationship with us. You desire interaction with us. I pray that you open our ears, our hearts, and our minds to hear you speaking, even in the silence. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Creek Church Podcast. If you would like more information about us, please visit our website at thecreekfw.com. Thank you.